When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets in the car, while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to Worst Year Ever, a production of iHeartRadio. Welcome to Plague Year. It's a plague year and we're all gonna die. Or not. Everybody stay home, 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 home. Everybody stay home, 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 home. Everybody stay home, stay home, 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 Do what you can from home. Home is safer than not home. Unless you work in a grocery store. Unless you want to get sick. Oh, that's going to be a nightmare. Well, everybody. Hi. This Guys, is the worst year ever, and it, it is sure the, is the podcast that lives <laughs> up to its motherfucking name. We did it. I'm sorry, we take yeah. full responsibility. People uh, have tweeted at us and D- and like Instagrammed us, being like, "You guys were right. How did you know?" Easiest because guess in the world. I mean, I, I'm going to be honest. Like, as the person who named the podcast and who came out with like a disaster podcast last year, telling everyone to buy stored food, I had no idea it would get this bad. I mean, <laughs> like, come on, it's so bad this fast. Quick. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, yeah, it's it's bad. I tweeted this uh, in the last week, and I'm not saying this to be alarmist for anybody. We're fine, but in the past week, we've lost two big sponsors. And are getting evicted from our office for uh, some more news. So it's cool. I mean, we've got some time. Got a uh, month and a half to get out of there. But it was just wild because we uh, sublease a room for our sub more news stuff in a DUI class. And uh, the guy that runs the company is pretty. (laughs) I know. I know. teaches you how to drive drunk. (laughs) It's very. Yeah. I mean, it's a helpful resource for people that want to drive drunk. But he's old. And uh, his wife is really immunocompromised. And uh, his doctor said that even before the mandated shutdowns that he needed to not be working with people. Uh, mm-hmm. And then also the courts, you know, and t- he 
figured there's not going to be business coming in. And so he's upping his retirement and we got to find a new office. Anyway, shit's crazy out there. It is much more real ways than that. But I was just blown away by how fast it happened. It's amazing how quickly things can change. Um, And it's like none of us know how this is going to affect our particular industry of making podcasts for people, which I'm sure is not any of the listeners primary concern. But but I think one thing we can all be certain of is that no matter how bad this gets, we will be there to talk on microphones about it. Yeah. 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 We're not going anywhere. That's the beauty of this industry is we are all in our own homes right now recording. Uh, We are planning to release content for you guys Mm -hmm. all week between our various shows. Uh, We'll be here doing a couple episodes of Worst Year Ever. We'll be doing a Behind the Bastards. Even more news, too. Uh, Yeah. If the company is no longer here, we'll still be here. I got this gear. We have a backup plan, um, which is I kidnap Daniel at gunpoint, mm-hmm. and we just make him essentially like, what do you call it? labor without pay to to edit the podcast? I forget I the that's term. the only that's the only term for it. Yeah, they okay. They, yeah, we, I will, we, that idea hasn't been around long enough for there to be a specific word for it. So. Oh, that's good. Um, mm-hmm. I yeah. will I will pay him in flushable butt wipes. Toilet paper is hard to find, but you can get flushable wipes. I've I've got. Packages and packages arriving, hopefully this week, if unless the uh, mail service goes belly up. <laughs> there, there's, it's not going to be like that, guys. There's junk mail. There's magazines. You there's can always a, just um, rinse your body butt off in the shower after using the toilet. All sorts does of there, options. Does everybody want to say one positive thing before we start <laughs> talking about the debate? Yeah, I, uh, I want to say do. real quick, if I can for a second, if I was going to do a super cut of like, August of last year and us talking about our predictions for 2020 and now it would be like Katie saying I think one of the presidents is going to one of the candidates or I think the president might launch a nuclear weapon yeah and then smash cut to you can wash your butt off in the shower (laughs) (laughs) the apocalypse you expect the apocalypse you get I mean, it's not glamorous. <laughs> um, it's, yeah, it's I do want to no. share positive stuff. I, yeah. I I think this is a really cool resource for people in LA, and I'm going to be doing um, some research about other communities. If you hear this and you know of anything, please reach out. But uh, I also tweeted about this. I connected with a woman yesterday who does a lot of organizing here in Los Angeles, and she's working with an organization called Groundwork LA. And they are mobilizing people, finding out who needs supplies, who has extra stuff to donate, and who is available and has a car and is able to 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 deliver and, and do drop offs. Um, that's making me feel really good in my heart. I so I've signed up uh, and shared that link on my Twitter. If you are in the LA area, you might want to connect with them. Um, again, if you know of anything like that in your different communities, please reach out. I would love to amplify that. Um, so that's my positive thing. I, I'm blown away in times like this by people's resilience and their sense of community and empathy. That is something positive and hopeful that I think that we should all be able to find a little bit of comfort in, even if it's not paying our bills. Yeah. I throw it to you guys. Yeah, I mean, that's that's sort of what I was going to get at. I think that's what everyone is sort of feeling, yeah. the empathy and the community and the uh, this idea that we are in this together and we'll get through it together, and uh, or not even uh, or not a, a lot in a lot of the uh, no we will it's, we it's, will it's, it's, it's very interesting a lot of the things that uh, are being talked about now to help out are all sort of ideas that we've been talking about for many many years um, 
and it's interesting to me that um yeah just like uh all the reasons to not do them were a sham yeah yeah and uh, there, was, there was always the resources this was always possible the people who have access to the fu- resources to make it possible just didn't want you to have these things yeah it just like, takes the will paid to sick do it. leave exactly yeah um, uh, and unbelievable. They're, they're giving it to you now because the alternative is a complete societal collapse. And Except they're not giving it to everybody. No, no, and they're 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 going to have to be forced to give more. This is we will talk about this more later, but this is like the start of yeah. You know, w- one of the things that's really worth studying is um is the Black Plague. Obviously, the coronavirus has nothing near the fatality rate that, that killed a third of Europe. We're not looking at anything that even is vaguely close to that in terms of death rate, but because the Black Plague took so many workers out of the labor force um it had it it basically spelled the end of of the peasantry of like that idea that people would be like serfs kind of bound to the land um because laborers there weren't as many people working and they realized that they could go up to the rulers of of their societies and be like you have to treat us better you don't have enough of us like we a, a right. lot of us died if you want things we have to have a decent standard of life and it was like the start it caused a big and I, we have that kind of an opportunity now where um, there's a list of five demands going around at the moment. In China, right? Started in China, I think? No, no. Very, it's very, it started in Hong Kong. Um, like the idea of like a list of five demands is like what's behind the Hong Kong protests is they have their five demands. This has started circulating, I, th- I, I believe, just in the last couple of days. That's the first mm. time I saw any of it. And I'm I'm looking for where I've got it saved on my timeline now. Uh, it's like it's a pretty good list of um, basic things to make sure we get out of this. If we're going to like actually not just learn from what was absent in our society that made this possible, but uh, uh, actually like ensure that we have a chance to have this either emerge. In a, in a better world from this bullshit, or we can emerge in one that's even worse. Um, anyway, the, the demands they've got are free testing, treatment, and healthcare for all, uh, suspend work obligations for wealth, welfare, guarantee food stamps and sick pay for everybody, um, and suspend all rent, mortgage, utilities, loans, foreclosures, evictions, and parking enforcement for the duration of uh, the, yep. the, the pandemic. Basic decency. Yeah. End bail for jails, deactivate ICE, release detainees, and stop all sweeps of homeless camps. Um, and homes for all, open up unoccupied homes to anyone who needs mm-hmm. one. And like Washington mm-hmm. started doing that with hotels and stuff. Like yeah. these are again, this is stuff we've are, talked about. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. basic basic thing. Like when we're like, oh yeah, all these homes are empty around the nation. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you're certainly seeing those uh, those protests have been popping up for a while, like in Oakland and different areas in the Bay Area. Yeah, yeah. people and that now in L.A. where people are occupying homes that have been empty. Oh, and like have been s- scooped up by like Caltrans and whatnot. Mm-hmm. However, this episode is discussing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We we yeah. didn't preface this. I mean, this is an important moment for us all to connect about our shared experience of what's happening. But uh, yeah. Like I said, we're going to be providing content all week talking about this. Today, we wanted to talk about last night's debate, because in case you forgot, we are in the middle of a primary. And for some reason, for some reason, they are not. They are not postponing primaries set to vote tomorrow. Look, cool. some, of them, some have, some, some have, some have, not, some have, but not all. Be like a duh. 
all. Yeah, I mean, we're not allowed to have more than 10 people gathered at once. But here's what, you want people only... to vote in person? Like, come on, yeah. guys. What you know, are you doing I, here? It's a mess. It's a mess. But it, but the debate happened That's last true, night. it did. And we all uh, kind of watched and it. And we watched it as best we as all, we could. We all watched it and then we're like... Okay. I'll say it's hard. It's hard to sit down and focus on this happening on stage when there's just people in crisis all over the country. But it's important. Yeah, and I... I, one of the things that's interesting to me is just watching both Biden and Bernie up on the stage. I feel like they both felt that way, too. Like there was not yeah. nearly the kind of energy that's existed in the prior debates. It was this like sense of what are we doing? Yeah. <laughs> right? like, why are we? Yeah, I mean, also part about? of it is the format, too, because there was less people. There was no audience. Like I actually preferred this the, this no audience format, actually. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. No that audience. was something. Hey, a lesson we learned. Due to um, this they kept disaster. like doing that awkward yeah. thing where they like faced each other and then like were like doing arm motions like come on man <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. Which is um, fun <laughs> so let's talk about uh, some of our our takeaways last night um, guys did you know that people want results not a revolution I heard that um, I also I heard, heard that last I night. heard that people don't want a revolution <laughs> what they want instead according to the person that said that is fundamental change. And mm. I'm not sure, but not a revolution. I'm not sure, like the, what significant difference there is between those two things. But uh, yeah, well. results. Revolution. A lot of people Fundamental want a change. revolution. A lot of people say they want a revolution, Cody. Well, you know, you know. we all want to change mm. the world. Mm. You tell me that it's evolution. No, I don't know the rest of the I, something about the Constitution. Um, yeah, it was interesting. I thought one of the the <laughs> things early on in the debate, uh, they were because they obviously they're going to talk about what's going on in the world now and the coronavirus response and everything. And it was interesting to see the sort of the forced split of like, here's what Biden thinks we should be doing, and here's what uh, Sanders thinks like we should be doing, and why we got here, and why these are all mm-hmm. things we should have been talking about for so long. That's what's so heartbreaking about all of this to watch these conversations and these debates happening and Bernie up there advocating for the things that we needed. Not tomorrow. We need it now. We needed it a year ago. We've needed it for years, but like for always. But you know what I mean? And it's like it's just so frustrating to see people talking in theoretics of like if I was president right now and blah, blah, blah. You know, and and Biden continuing to talk about Ebola, which, yes, you guys did a good job. But honestly, we had two cases. It does not compare to this. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah, it was very. uh, I even saw Bernie sort of allude to that. And Biden got really mad. Yeah. He was like, what? It was a a bull. Anyway. Um, Yeah. No, it's it's, it's frustrating to see that sort of uh, disconnect of. These are the things we've been talking about, and he specifically has been talking about for a long time. Maybe that's relevant. But also, it was weirdly framed in, like, as if they disagreed on what to do now. Uh Like, watching it, I'm like, okay, so both uh, Joe Biden and Bernie Sanders think that Donald Trump has done a bad job with this. And there are things we should be doing instead. Okay. Mm -hmm. But let's talk about this other stuff, these underlying problems. And it was weirdly framed as if uh, Bernie didn't think that Trump was doing a bad job and we should do those things. Like, we right. kept coming back to, like, what do we do? It was like, well, yeah, we all agree. We all agree on this. 
um, I don't know. It's just, it was odd. Do you uh, think how potent do you feel like uh, debates are right now? Because it is like I, I said, it's it's hard. It's hard to watch people having these debates up there when it's trying to find the balance of the tone of how this conversation should go. Like we're talking about this crisis, a lot of the questions related to the crisis, but then you go back to your normal like political talking points like, oh, I don't know, Biden trying to paint Bernie as someone that doesn't care about dictators. You know, you're like, I don't have time for this bullshit right now. Do you know what I yeah. mean? You are wasting all of our time. Even and like, I've heard a lot of people saying like, we don't care about your past votes in these times of crisis. Well, I, I get that. It's hard because it feels that way, but also it should care. We should care about the fact of what people's track records are and so that we can judge how they can for handle sure, situations. Sure. But I'm just curious if, all of us are so caught up in our own um, fears right now, very valid fears, that these this debate isn't as potent, you know? Yeah, I mean, I think that that is, uh, it, it, it just felt kind of surreal. Um, and yeah, yeah, all these sort of conversations, it did seem, not like a waste of time, but just like, what are we, guys, what are we doing? <laughs> yeah. Um, and, but at the same time, yeah, it is important. Like, here are all your votes, and here's like, this speaks to you as a politician and what you want. That is important. I've seen so many people on like CNN and MSNBC hand wave it away like, oh, this, you know, it, we don't care. We, what's done is done. It's like, yeah, what's done is done. And here's where we are. Here's how we got here. And it is important. It's important to look at it because Bernie up there consistently making the point like, yeah, people change. It's good, Biden, that you uh your positions have evolved on all these and things it, but but you you advocated for them you fought for them you were short-sighted enough to not see the potential ramifications and that is an important thing like you obviously are somebody that's gone with the political win throughout your career and totally and that is a case that i think bernie made very well last night if people and, and were I, paying attention it, it's so frustrating to me that biden can't can't have that be can't let that be the conversation where he just says yeah right. you know what i evolved and changed on things and i i like it, like th that you still have to fight against bernie sort of arguing that he's been more consistent but it's a hell of a lot more better sounding than just lying about it or maybe i'm am i naive right. from think for thinking that lying about it doesn't work um, oh it works i mean it's it just works for plenty it, of people it, it but i agree works. like he lied a lot last night he sure actually. did um even I, like or just trying to dodge well just you like know? the most like the most blatant example i can think of is when he said he didn't help write the bankruptcy bill that's yeah a, that, what a wild lie um and one there would were, hope and then he's that, like, like well, the I moderators wanna, would say well, something about it but they did not yeah and then he'll go like oh i didn't want to have to I, I you know ultimately we didn't vote on it yeah but that's not for any work of you yeah of, Maybe that wasn't the bankruptcy bill, but when they were talking about it, ultimately you tried to fight for this thing that was destructive and bad, uh, you know, and and I'm not saying that that makes you an inherent him an inherently evil person. I'm saying it makes him a politician. And if we're sick of politicians, if we're sick of politics, if we're sick of the state of the world being one where all of us right now are facing bankruptcy because you're trying to keep the health your, your yourself healthy and protect the public good and uh, you know it's we need we just we need a government that works for us 
we need a government that works for us, and we need... Like, what worries me about Biden's lies is that I do feel like these were more... I don't know. The, the, it was odd to me. It seems like an escalation from him in, like the, in completely fantasizing about his background um, like in a way that was, seemed really cold. Um, I don't yeah. know. It, it worries me to see that kind of calculation that like nobody's going to give a shit if I lie and it'll work um, from a guy. I don't know. Yeah, no, that I, was yeah, it, I it, had that it was feeling. Trumpian. It, like politicians always lie, right? But it's usually there's different ways that they lie and things that yeah. they lie about. And Joe was particularly blatant in a way that like doesn't stand out because of Trump, but would if he hadn't rolled into politics. And it mm-hmm. worries me that like mm-hmm. this is getting normalized that we're just throwing the past out the window with with someone right. like Joe. That like all of these media personalities are talking about how how well he did and how he like won the debate and Bernie needs to drop out and it's like he just stood up there and lied and you should know that he lied it doesn't take a lot of digging yeah they and know and they do Bernie know. was Bad. excellent up there last night um we need to take a really quick break to to talk about oh I think um products is that correct Sophie? I guess. And services I believe yeah. they do still have I believe services they have those at this point yeah so we're you gonna know, take a quick in Break times when everything else collapses, the only thing you can rely on is either products or services, but usually not both. Yeah, word. So check that out. Then we'll be back to talk some more about last night's debate and like, I don't know, maybe those diet versions of Bernie and Warren plans that Biden's introducing. I don't know. Maybe we'll talk about that. Welcome to the worst year ever. We'll get through together or not. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at lifelock.com slash news. That's lifelock.com slash news to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. 
Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Everything is so dumb, 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 dumb. And we're back. We're back, we're back, we're back to talk about last night's debate. Wow, yeah. I floated the, I floated the idea of talking about the uh, diet versions of uh, Bernie and Warren's plans that Biden is adopting. What do you guys think about that? He's he's definitely like a a party guy. He's definitely one that goes with his party. He's definitely one that that is like a a guy who and I guess this is his way of trying to adapt, but he's not actually being Well, I know that Cody has right. some it's, it's, thoughts it's about it. It's frustrating for a couple of reasons. One is that uh it is that party guy thing and he's uh like okay, I'm going to adopt this plan. But we know from like we've talked about up to this point, his history and his voting record and all these things, we know he doesn't really he doesn't really believe in those things. He wouldn't fight for those mm-hmm. things. Uh, he is signing on, but he's not a fighter for these ideas. The other thing that's frustrating, like even the dishonesty in which they're being framed, like he rolled out this uh, college plan and he said, Bernie put forth this free college plan. Mm-hmm. And I'm and I I read it and I agree with it and we're gonna do it. But the plan he's referring to is a compromise plan that Bernie made with right. Hillary Clinton in 2017. Um, right. It's not his current plan, and it wasn't his plan that he ran on in 2016. It's a it's this other very specific compromise plan. That's that's why I refer to it as the diet plans. You know, right? Like it, it reads like I mean, if you look at it, like it's basically Pete's plan. But like the threshold, it's like 125,000, I think, instead of 100,000. So it's like, all right, better than Pete. But framing it like, oh, look, he's he's moving left. It's Sanders' plan. It's not. Um, it's good. It's, it's better than the current plan, like the current situation. But um, I don't know. It's just frustrating to it's see everyone frame it it's like he's moving left. It's like, well, right. he's going to. Ish. And, and like, look, we can be excited that there are is some movement that's great but let's not pretend that it's the same thing you know so i just think that that's really important for people to keep in mind yes it's very frustrating to see basically pete's plan and him saying look i'm doing bernie's plan are you yeah that's um it's again like the weird like the gaslighting lie kind of thing about like what's actually Mm -hmm. happening but what do you guys think is going to happen tomorrow how how what's going to happen to voter turnout my god i have no idea uh i'm going to show up now has something happened that would affect voter turnout katie i just i just checked into the episode oh yeah yeah uh well i mean if you check out what's going on in spring break i think it's actually fine uh, yeah, people are in yeah, spring break. Check the bars, Stick. check check the beach, check St. Patty's. I think everything's normal uh, and good. So it that's one of those things that just felt so much like a goddamn like a bad pandemic movie where it's like you have the kids go out to St. Patrick's Day anyway, yeah. and yeah, a montage of them all dying later. Yeah, Ugh. that'll oh be my fun. God. Yeah, there was a period uh, in like the early 2010s where there was a very specific type of uh, song. It was like a youth anthem and it had like mm-hmm. a very specific musical interval and it was all about how we're going to live forever, everybody. Look at us. Oh, like the f- like fun. It is the fun song, but there were a bunch <laughs> of them like that. And I feel yeah. like 
people took you them to heart one, Cody, a bit too much about coronavirus. You are correct that I should and will. We're still talking about the debate. Um, yeah. I threw that out because I I'm curious, dreading to see what happens tomorrow. How voter turnout is? Yeah, going to it'll change. be cool and good. It'll be cool and good. I mean, it's interesting because like the people that uh, um, you know, young people are like are worried less about this, and so they're probably going to vote more. Old people are, uh, I think, seemingly less informed and also seem to not care as much. So maybe they'll just go out and vote anyway. So we'll have all these big groups of people just hanging out in a big, uh, big pile, spreading uh, viruses and stuff. So. Yeah, and uh, remember when we were voting a few weeks back and I was like, hey, guys, don't forget to wash your hands. Don't forget to use... I, I, yeah, of course. Yeah. Like, it's not, it's, well, it's, not even an, it's not even enough now. Like, they just need to make it all right. stop. And, and then you have, like... Even put people on that risk. And you have you, yeah. you these people who still don't quite get the point of what we're doing. And, like, I like what Biden tweeted, like, go out and if you're if you have symptoms don't and maybe do absentee ballots yeah that was horrible he biden you are in front of the country and you're doing you're you're directly like you're like the whole one of the things we're supposed to be pissed about right is that donald trump countermanded science for so long and failed as a result and you're getting up there and you're like you're saying the opposite of what the cdc says yeah it's it's wild wild. and like and then you i i've seen a lot of this um from like biden twitter i guess um of like oh all the bernie folks are like trying to cancel the elections because they don't believe in democracy it's like we're like what are you talking about literally like we're just repeating what scientists say about this yeah um, and then the other thing we're seeing, for example, I believe it was Arizona when they uh, were talking about their polling stations. And oh my the guy God, that was a moment. through his statement trying to justify why they're shutting down so yeah. many stations. And like because they flat out, they flat out do not have the resources to keep it clean. So right. people are going to be packed in to far fewer polling locations, it's a nightmare. It's a nightmare. Delay the primaries. Extend mail-in voting. This is crucial and so irresponsible that we're not that more states aren't taking steps to address this right now. I'm I'm curious. You would think that in an election like this, where it's like. <laughs> I mean, it's not necessarily a referendum on Medicare for all, but it kind of is. I mean, it's a key issue here. Uh, yeah. Curious to see how a global pandemic affects that in these remaining states. I don't know if it's enough to bring Bernie back up into a competitive range with Biden. We, I, what will happen, but... I, I feel like it won't. Um, My suspicion I, I is that... I, I think this will continue to push and convert more people to Medicare for all. I think we can get, I think within the next year, we can actually get concessions out of the, the ruling class, mm-hmm. so to speak, in this country that we would have thought were decades away, including stuff like universal paid sick leave. I yeah. do think we have a shot to to make some major progress before the election happens. Um, yeah. And I do think we owe it to ourselves for like the sacrifices people are making now and to the folks that die to fight like a son of a bitch for all of those things. Um, I think those five demands are a great place to start. And I think people, there's a a tendency when this ball get those balls already rolling, but as it rolls along, there's going to be tendencies both to be like, we shouldn't 
go for this thing because what we really want is more extensive. And I, I think that that's um, that should be fought against. We you, we take what we what we need in pieces if we have to, and commit ourselves to getting all of it as soon as we and can claw it out of their fucking hands. I think that we're going to come through this crisis with more leverage. In general, we need we've talked a lot about that at the DNC, like especially when we get to the convention over the summer where, you know, the party decides on the platform. This will have just come through all of this. People will be angry rightfully and and we will need to take some bold, decisive actions, not plenty bold, bold to address uh, the fallout from this. And I, I do think that we will have a lot more leverage and a lot more sway. And, and I, it would, yeah. I, I do think one thing this has made very clear um, is that, and again, like I, I'm frustrated with Biden deeply, but it has made clear that there is a difference between having generic Democrat sitting in the White House and mm-hmm. Donald Trump. Um Generic Democrat does a yeah. lot of things that I don't like and continues a lot of problems and would need to be fought on a lot of things, including climate change. But generic Democrat doesn't botch the the plague response like this. Um, and we can kind of tell that from the last time there was an attempted plague in this country or the last couple of times. Um, yeah. You know, attempted plague is a weird term, but like one of the things it has, because I've been going through that thing everyone's been going through, who's like more on the far left side of things, which is like, do I vote for Biden? Like as frustrated as I am right now. And I've always leaned on the side of like, yes, you vote for the least harm. It's it's like when your friend starts yeah. doing heroin, right? You may not approve of them doing heroin, but you try to make sure that basic safety precautions are available. You get some Narcan. You don't enable them, but you try to make sure that the harm is mitigated. Yeah. And I I think in this, Hillary Clinton would not have botched the fucking plague response like this. Um, no. Because she's, she's, for all of her many, many flaws, not a, a, a fool or a lunatic who wants a plague to sweep through the country because she doesn't trust basic science. And- because she's trying to make it look good, herself yeah. look good for re-election. This, oh, this, so dumb. Yeah, this would have been handled not because she or Obama before her or Biden potentially are like super capable geniuses, but because they have a basic minimum level of competence. Yeah, which is not present and needs to be present for our safety. And so yeah. he shouldn't have fired and gutted the CDC and, and canceled and the pandemic yeah. and ca- fired the whole pandemic Got response it. unit. Uh, I see the oh, former see. head of that wrote a column for the Washington post that folks should read, by the way, it's a good. And... Yeah. So I guess I'm, I'm making, I want to make it very clear if I have to vote, you know, for Biden, who's certainly not my choice uh, in November, I will. And I will primarily be thinking about, well, let's not have another plague. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and that should be do, his slogan. I will <laughs> be have another plague. better <laughs> if there is another plague. I will prevent the plague. It, it this has been a good show of like, could it really get worse from like just the rampant corruption and like double dealing and passing of like regressive and and violent, mm-hmm. hateful religious based laws and just just soulless uh, laws based purely on like 
saving money. Like, can it get worse than what we've dealt with the last three years? The scandals and the bullshit yeah. and the cuts to bas- basic services. It's nice to know that, yes, it can get yes, worse. It yes, can. it can. It can be a pandemic. <laughs> yeah. It's just, you know, I'm not happy about it, but it's comforting to finally have an answer, right? Yeah. Well, and I think that the, there's the chan- there's the slight chance because um, for so long, everybody, like at least in the Republican Party, has been very um, forgiving of every single one of Donald Trump's deep, deep flaws. Um, and because they get the judges, they get the tax breaks, they get this and they get mm-hmm. that. And he has never had to really deal with anything remotely like this. And this lays it all out for them. Like this was this was the concession that you made. You wanted you wanted your judges and you wanted your tax breaks, and here you have a plague. And I think that, all right, my hope is that at least some people will come out the other side regretting that. Yeah, but it it's not. I agree, and I I, I think I've said all I want to say about voting here. Because um, this is the debate I, episode. <laughs> well, because this is. The, the the I think one thing the debate makes really clear is that either n- no matter what happens to a large extent we're on our own right now as people yeah. and literally it's pretty literally. much always going to be that way I think the Democrats will reduce the number of things that fuck up to the extent where we have to alter our daily lives mm-hmm. but when those things happen and they still will under Democrats climate change is going to present us with challenges that a competent administration cannot avoid or defray and mm-hmm. I don't think the government will be wildly more capable of those things than it is now right. I think you, we we can continue to build in that capability and that resiliency by demanding things like paid sick leave and, and stuff like that but we need to be getting better at taking care of ourselves i i think mm-hmm. the <laughs> this is like the least depressed all of the anarchist community organizers i know have ever been because they're they are seeing more people recognize this and be right. like oh we need to be building structures of like mutual aid and mutual self-sufficiency to protect our communities because and and it's these people who before had this kind of gut trust in the police and the establishments being like, oh, yeah, I guess we are fucking alone. Mm-hmm. Maybe yeah. I got to deal with this. Yeah. Um, I'm going to interrupt really quickly to apologize and say that I left my computer charger at the office and my computer will die and disconnect me from this podcast Uh <laughs> Everyone's very Sorry, professional in the play uh, days. Everyone's, it, we are figuring out our new normal. Uh, like I said, we will be back all week with content. The boys are going to bring this podcast home for me. The boys and Sophie. I'm the sorry, boys Sophie. and Sophie. That um, is our Beach Boy cover <laughs> the band. The boys and Sophie, and I'm very jealous about it. Um, but bef- the boys and Sophie. Before yeah, that starts, yeah. they're going to no, give you some sorry. ads, some sponsors. No, it was cute. Maggie's going to bark in the background. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I'll, I'll be back tomorrow. And I'm sorry. <laughs> I love you, Katie. Love you. Thank you. Purchase you items. Don't, don't just spend the rest of the episode talking about how much you love me. You know, I know you're hard. Want to, It'll be really hard. But, Do not agree. Um, we will not be not doing that. Okay. I love you, Katie. Love you guys. Be well. Be safe. Hell of an ad. Too. Welcome to the worst year ever. 
With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. Well, I don't know about you, but, like, I never liked being told, oh, wow, you look so good for your age. Like, why even bother saying that? Why don't you just say you look great at any age, every age? That's what Meaningful Beauty is all about. We create products that make you feel confident in your skin at the age you are now. Meaningful Beauty. Beautiful skin at every age. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. Oh my God, those products were so incredible, they knocked Katie right off the internet. Oh, powerful. Oh, wow. Whoa-wee. Ah, oh, jeez. Uh. Oh, heck. Take a photo of this. All right, Katie, that's, or Sophie, that's just what I wanted to say. You can, you can talk about your thing now. Oh, I can talk about my thing. I want to. Yeah, talk I just about had a joke. That that minus uh, coronavirus, the number one thing that was trending after the debate was Biden specifically saying that he would pick a female VP. Uh, I would like to talk about that. Yeah. Which, uh, which at first I was like, take that, Pete Buttigieg, and then I was like, take that, Beto, but then I was like, hmm, what does that really mean? Klobuchar. Amy. It means Amy. Um, it means Amy, Elizabeth, or Kamala. Well, so yeah, so I mean, it had fucking better be Elizabeth. It's probably like, Amy. Uh, it'd be the it's, if it's Amy. That's what it's. Fu- he wanted so apparently he wanted he had talked about uh, in 2016 Elizabeth Warren as his running mate if he were to run in 2016. Um, so she is in his mind. Um, it would obviously be the smartest choice and, in terms of the electorate. He just co- and he just and he just backed her and he just backed her bill. Right, but he also backed Pete's. Bernie's Pete's bill. <laughs> um, sure, sure, sure. But uh, yeah, so I think that, yeah. uh, you know, and we've talked about this before. My hope is that the Democratic Party has learned at least literally one thing, uh, which is the VP pick should maybe uh, reach out to the part of the party that feels constantly betrayed. <laughs> and uh, I'm not saying who that would be. I, I, I don't know. I, I, I've also heard rumblings and various uh, reporters talking about how uh, Amy Klobuchar is definitely in the mix. Jesus which Christ. Which is the silliest thing I could possibly imagine. But hey, you know, who doesn't love That's Tim Kaine? Who doesn't love Tim Kaine? We love him. Uh, what if what if Tim Kaine had different genitals? What if? So that's the thing. Yeah. That was a very sort of um, <gasps> a frustrating thing because I think that, uh, and Bernie's actually talked about this before in interviews, how like, his criteria for um, 
his VP pick would be a young progressive woman. Um, like that's his ideal many candidate. Times. Many, many times he's many, talked many, about many, this. Many, many, many times. Um, and everyone's sort of like Biden promised a woman, and Bernie hedged hedged it, and he so he doesn't care. It's like, well, I mean, Sarah Palin was a woman. Uh, Nikki Haley's a woman. D- 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 like, yeah, it would have like, been it's... it would have been better optics and better like presented if he was like, yeah, of course, I'm going to find a progressive yeah. woman to be on the ticket with me. Um, but because he sort of talked around it, I think that was uh, harmful well, to the image of it. And it, this is one of those things where I like, I, I, I feel it feels gross to me that Biden, I don't know. Uh, I, of, of course, it makes sense totally that the VP candidate would be a woman. I assumed it would be from pretty much the beginning if it was a male presidential candidate, just because of like at this point, yeah, where the, yeah, yeah, it just made it made sense the way Biden phrased it was just kind of like a woman. Like, I'm going to find a woman and I'll yeah, throw her in yeah. that, I'll throw her in that it's job. Like, technically, yeah. Kellyanne Conway is a woman if you consider her human. It's like, what? Yeah, yeah the, way, the way it was framed is very much like, uh, it was like the binders full of women thing. It's like, yeah, I'm going to yeah. find a woman and I'm going to do that. Whereas like, okay. obviously the other point is like, yeah, we're going to find someone who's great. And uh, yeah, it's it was just very frustrating. Uh, also, I mean, he apparently I'm definitely somebody who wants progressive women to be elected and be in office and have more positions of power. But just blatantly saying woman is not the same thing as as that. And I think that people need to, you know, think about that when when it's time to vote and, and when he does eventually pick a, a VP or if Biden picks. I mean, if Bernie picks a VP, you just got to think about that. It's just saying woman does not mean the right woman. Right, Amy Klobuchar yeah. isn't going to be the right woman for that job, um, and apparently he had planned to announce this at the debate. This was something he wanted to announce as like a big like debate announcement during mm. it. Um, so it's interesting that the conversation led there anyway. But whatever, who cares? Nothing matters. Yeah. I wanted to talk about something a little bit more, kind of as we roll into the latter part of this episode. Wrap up, um, wind down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I was talking a little bit earlier about like mutual aid and like, uh, you know, a, a famous example of it would be the Common Ground Clinic in uh, New Orleans after Katrina, which was like a bunch of volunteers realized that FEMA and the government had completely fucked the response and that people needed help. And they established a clinic and like they were doing food kitchens and there were some classes and stuff. And there were components of it that like involved armed defense against these like militia groups that were wandering around the neighborhood shooting people. Really interesting story and a very flawed thing too. There was a a lot of like, like any experiment in self-government, it had its successes and its failures, but it was really important kind of for laying the groundwork of what future attempts at, at community self-aid would look like. And now that we're entering the greatest natural disaster of any of our lifetimes, uh, unless you were alive in 1957 for the um, the pandemic then, in which case uh, you are too old to be listening to this podcast. Mm. We appreciate you. Thank you for listening. Um, thank you for listening. Please stay inside, yeah. uh, as we all should be staying inside. Um, but uh, I wanted to talk about the, the there's so in the wake of this pandemic, a lot of different groups around the country have been organizing mutual aid. Um, uh, uh, responses. Um, and I found a, a, a document that not only sort of lays out what's happening, what people can do for each other without like relying on the state to to ease um, the, the suffering of their communities and to help people in vulnerable situations, 
Um, and it mm. also includes like a link to a bunch of different databases of uh, local mutual aid groups that have sprung up around the country that are specifically dedicated to COVID-19. Um, so if you're looking for something to do, like people are organizing, like they're going out and helping their elderly neighbors pick up prescriptions. Um, they're doing shopping for people like they're they're helping to make sure that like food resources get to where they need for folks who are broke right now. Um, it's really important work. Uh, and if you go to bit.ly slash COVID-19 collective care, um, and that's like bit.ly, it's a bit.ly link. So bit.ly slash COVID-19 collective care. It'll take you to this document, which is a really useful guide to read and has a, a whole list of the different resources. And if you are in need of help, you might be able to find a group in your area who, who's able to deliver it. So I, I really want to like push that focus on people. And Robert will send me that link and I will post it on the worst year ever Twitter. I didn't know we had a Twitter. What is, what is Twitter? <laughs> Dot com? It's the, th it's the thing that people are using more and more and more and more and more. Every day of quarantine. Yes. That that might be the most, that might be worse than the actual virus in the long run. Yeah, no. <laughs> that yeah. we're all on Twitter for. It's terrible. Uh, yeah. Stay away. So I every every week, iPhones like tell you how much screen time you have. And like at this point, that just seems abusive. Yeah. Yeah, they like, should cut should that out. You should put that on hiatus. Yeah, rude. Like, like yeah. let's Apple, not, don't Apple, taunt don't me. Apple, don't tell me that shit. Yeah. I already know it's too much. So fuck off. Yeah. But yeah. I will say at least at least the tone on Twitter seems to be a little more inclusive and kind. For sure. Um despite all the uh tribalism that we have experienced all these many years. <laughs> uh speaking of tribalism, I want to get back into debate talk in this incredibly meandering discussion because one of the things that was <laughs> frustrating to me was Joe Biden's kind of um, blanket dismissal of public health care because Italy's had a really bad experience with the coronavirus. Yeah, and right. it's the fault of public health care, and it, it it is not. Uh, it is the fault of the Italian government for responding slowly and actually locking down the country and attempting quarantines to slow the spread of the disease. It is the fault of media personalities in Italy who did not who attempted to downplay the danger of this virus um, and urged people to stay outside. It is the fault of people themselves who chose to continue going out when this was starting to tear through the country. There's a lot of blame, but it is not on the doctors or the hospitals. And one of the things that should be pointed out is that it, it, it's going to be bad for Italy. At the point that I am reading this, the latest numbers I have are 2,335 people hospitalized with serious symptoms um, 1,809 who have died, uh, and more than 124,000 people tested. That All those numbers will probably be higher by the time you listen to this. But none of those people or their families are in any debt over this. None of them right, are paying right. for any of this treatment. And in some cases, doctors in Italy, the members of this, this public health, one of the most robust public health systems in Europe, the doctors who are like, in some cases, have died fighting this disease we're just kind of slandered by Joe Biden as part of the problem, as if like if it was a for-profit endeavor, they would have treated them better. Like, yeah, it, it's, it was yeah. very weird. Um, I mean, it's not weird; it's kind of to be expected uh, these days. But like everything that you described, Robert, about like no, here are the problems: the government did yeah. this, the media did this, people did this, and then this. Those are all things that we are doing right now. 
that we've experienced. Oh, I'm sorry. I couldn't hear you, Cody. My server just got here. My friends and I are all having drinks as I record this podcast, doing a sitting arm to arm, clinking glasses, rubbing necks. Uh, what were you saying? Oh, yeah. No, nothing. Nothing important. You keep, you keep doing whatever activity you were just about to do um, with all the people around you. Yeah, it's uh, it's wild because like we're doing all those things. Plus, we have to deal with, well, how are we going to help people get the treatment they need without going into debt or without paying and all this sort of stuff. So like we have done the things that Biden should have mentioned and the healthcare system isn't what's the problem with Italy. Um, Yeah, it was weird. No. And it's, it's very, uh, uh, it's very frustrating. Um, I I mean, even to, even today we're still seeing people like public officials saying like, go to Bob Evans, hang out. You want to go? Go. No fucking Sheriff David Clark saying that like George Soros should be investigated for stoking this and people need to go out to bars and restaurants. And it's because part of it is because there has been no national directive up until like today really is the first time we've gotten something that resembles a cohesive message on what the entire country should do. And it's still just recommendations. Um, like, but it took until now when like Washington, the state that's literally 20 minutes from where I'm sitting right now has closed every non-essential business. Los Angeles, the city you are in right now has closed. Okay. Los Angeles is like four and a half, five million people. If this spreads to the, uh, the greater Los Angeles area, that's about 19 million people who will be on lockdown. That's like one out of like 17 or 18 Americans, something like that. Like it's the number of people who have already had their lives massively altered is huge. And today is when we, we start to get a vaguely coherent line from the government. Uh, it's no wonder that like all of these bullshit grifters and preachers and stuff are. I re- there was a horrible Washington Post article recently. I mean, it was a good article, but it was horrifying about how like a bunch of preachers over on the East Coast had to like, or in the Southeast had to like meet and talk about what they were going to do and express this like worry that w- one of them said something along the lines of, I think about half my congregation is willing to get down and lick the floor to prove that this virus is a hoax. Like, it's, it's madness. That's disgusting. Are you fucking kidding me? I'm going to just use some Lysol real quick to get that out of my brain. Yeah, that's it's, gross. It, yeah, and I, I wanted to read one quote from a Jacobin article um, written by an Italian citizen, um, uh, two Italian citizens, sorry, uh, Giancomo Gabuti and Lorenzo Zamponi, um, it's called Joe Biden lied in last night's debate. At least public health care is saving it from collapse. And it, it makes the point that a lot of the flaws that are that do exist in Italy's health care system and have made it more difficult um, than it otherwise should have been to deal with this, um, where they come from. So mm-hmm. I want to I want to read that bit right now. Who was um, the source for this, by the way, Robert? Uh, it's a Jacobin article um, by two Italian writers. They're kind of a, a left democratic socialist magazine okay. yeah okay, so cool. uh do 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 there are some worries over healthcare in italy today and they owe precisely to the fact that the system has been chipped away over the last 25 years indeed americanized in the early 1990s off the back of clintonism and the third way various legislative measures introduced quasi-market elements into our public health service greatly weakening its effectiveness while also regionalizing control over it this had the effect that only the richest regions, although fortunately enough now the ones where this epidemic has hit hardly first, has hit hardest first, could keep guaranteeing the same standards 
we'd all become used to. The legacy of privatization is weakening our response to coronavirus today. According to the World Health Organization, between 1997 and 2015, the number of intensive care beds in Italy more than halved, from 575 per 100,000 to 275. Faced with such cuts, the private sector has contributed very little, given the difficulties making money off these particular services. From 2009 to 2017, austerity measures taken as a supposed response to the economic crisis meant that Italy lost 8,000 doctors and 13,000 nurses. Seems, wow. seems bad. Seems bad. Seems So when we talk about like the role socialism has to play, or socialized medicine, I should say, has to play in preventing another epidemic like this. Another thing people bring up as a counterexample is that, like, things got really bad in China. Like, and it is kind of this difficult thing where, like, people are wrong on both sides. There's folks who, like, look at the fact that this started in China and that it was, you know, such a problem there and will say that, like, well, they, they're a socialist country, so, like, why should we do what they're doing? And there's folks who are on the left who will be like, look at how perfectly China handled this. And the reality is that the Chinese government did eventually get its shit together. A lot of very brave people worked very hard, medical professionals, to deal with this. And a lot of folks very grimly endured um, uh, quarantine in order to like make the recovery possible. And they're now past the worst of it. That does seem fair to say. But uh, it was not a, a clean response in the initial days. And it had nothing to do with the fact that it, it had nothing to do with like socialized medicine because China doesn't actually have that. Like the Chinese medical system um, is very largely privatized, and like while everyone's supposed to have healthcare, you get it through your like your employer pays into the system to get it. So if you're not employed by one of the kind of jobs that's like in the official economy, you don't get healthcare. And those companies find a lot of ways to fuck people out of it anyway. They're kind of notorious for it, but. Another issue is that like China has a huge informal economy of stuff like Uber drivers and gig workers essentially, and those people don't work for a company that like pays into that national healthcare thing. So a lot of people did not have access to initial healthcare. Um, but also, you saw a lot of the same like social behaviors. Um, uh, a lot of the same mistakes were made by the Chinese government as are being made by our government now. Um, Wuhan, uh, the city of Wuhan hosted uh, the two sessions, which is an annual gathering of the regional branches of the National People's Congress and the Chinese People's Political Consultative Conference. Um, and like they held this like after the outbreak like had happened. Um, this is before they'd locked down Wuhan, but when they knew the coronavirus was spreading. And experts that the Chinese media put forward said there was no evidence of human-to-human transitions. There was no reason to host this thing. And, of course, a bunch of people who attended it got sick. One city district in Wuhan held a massive banquet for 40,000 families with a record-breaking uh, 13,986 dishes to celebrate the Chinese New Year. And a bunch of people from that got sick because they were all, like, sharing food together after this thing was an outbreak. So... Part of the problem here is less a left and right thing and more an authoritarianism thing. Um, A fact that when you've got this strong central leadership that needs to look good and doesn't let accurate information filter up to it because it's an authoritarian structure, um, they make these kinds of mistakes. They're incapable, as, as Umberto Eco said when sort of analyzing fascism, they're incapable of accurately ana- analyzing the the threats presented against them because they have a fundamentally narcissistic view of the world right. and of their own place in it. And that's true of the leaders of the co- Chinese Communist Party, and it's true of fucking Donald Trump. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I keep, I've thought about that passage from Echo quite a bit recently. Um, and they're, but they're finally, hey, they're finally assessing it. 
Well, yeah, and China got, because, and, and one thing that we should pay attention to is that there are aspects of the Chinese medical system and government that allowed them to respond quickly to this. Now, they also instituted what I consider to be nightmarish social monitoring rules in order to make sure that, like, like they have apps that basically determine your risk level and whether or not you're allowed to be outside. I don't like that. I don't yeah, like that at yeah. fucking all. Um That's- terrifying yeah and it's kind of hard to say if it's if that's what worked or if the very basic measure of doctors flooding the region and being like stay the fuck indoors is all that's really necessary um yeah anyway cody hey bud do you want to should we end the episode yeah yes yeah (laughs) yes should we end the episode with a little song i don't see why not Oh boy, you guys are going to get so much Mando as a result of this this horrible plague. Going to have an album Yay. out soon. <laughs> it's the worst year ever. We all caught a plague together. Or not, because we stayed in home, 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 home. Home, 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 home. Stay in fucking doors. Unless you're like going on a run or something, like that's fine. You know, keep your distance from people. You don't have to don't have to be a hermit. It's healthy to get some sunlight, healthy to exercise. Just be reasonable about it. Don't get close to people. Don't go to bars, don't go to restaurants. Listen to what doctors say. They're they're pretty pretty smart about viruses. Stay at home. Stay at home. Don't be dumb. Worst Year Ever is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency, where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell, ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy, and we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org.